This is the Scott and Paul Show, and I'm waiting on Scott. Scott being um, older today, as it is his birthday, is off in the john doing what old people do. Have extreme difficulty getting up in more ways than one. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Scott and Paul Show. I am Paul Wilford. Along with me is Scott Edwards. First things first. Sting! He is back! Oh, yeah. Sorry, guys. I'm still excited about that from last week. Sorry. But, hey, he's making me watch wrestling, so we're golden. Even though he didn't show up last night. Hey, I'm, I'm going to... Exactly. But because I don't know he's going to show up, I'm going to watch to see if he shows up. Good point. Vince McMahon knows that too. Yeah. yeah. I hope you're just TV DVRing it instead of actually watching the three hours of pain. Oh, I never thought of that. Maybe I'll try that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. First things first. Scott, last week we had a disagreement. Okay. I was 100% against what they were doing with the teaser release for Star Wars. You uh -huh. were 100% for it. I believed it was disrespectful to all the fans, and it made it look like only these cities, the big cities, are the important cities to the people. That's all they care about. That's all the studios care about. You disagreed. Well, they heard the podcast, and they said, you know what? Paul's right. <laughs> we're going to go with what he said. So, Jeffersonian ideas win, your fascism loses. Can Whatever. I'm an elitist. Um, eh, it's Star Wars. It's going to create hype regardless. You know. But the, the best, thing, best thing was when they tried to, to cover this, they also said, well, he's also the Apple guy, so we have a deal. We have a long-standing relationship with Apple. Let's put it on iTunes. That made it even better. Yeah. Oh, so I I got two wins. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> two and zero. Oh. Uh huh. And while I'm on a roll, let's just go ahead and give the world a gift. Before DC allows Warner Brothers, because they don't really have a choice, to fuck up the Joker, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you who you should cast. Daniel Day Lewis. It's your gift. Go with it. Don't fuck it up. Just make it happen. I that's a casting choice I've never heard of for that part. That's a good one. See? I'm trying to imagine that in my head right now. You know he would go all the way of the character. Full blown. It would yeah, be amazing. He's, he's really, really good. I don't know if you want to do like a multi film deal. That's probably not his style and he wouldn't want to do that. But just think of the possibilities. Yeah, I mean, I think of, uh, I don't know, I guess it's making me think of Gangs of New York. He was yeah. 
Yeah. He was freaking epic in that movie, man. I mean, you, yeah, if you watch that character compared to Last Mohican's completely different character, the guy could pull off the Joker. Yeah, he's easy. got he's got range. Yeah, but so, I mean, he's he's good at looking dangerous. I'm saying, go for this, do this, people. Now, the the, the best idea you could have would be to have you know, me and you write and direct it. But see, that would disrupt the world economy because everybody would just go and run to see it. So, can't do that. Don't no, want money. Time Warner to have all the money. I hate money, so they don't hire us. Yeah. But, that's my gift. Please, we know you listen to the show. Well, speaking of studios that hate money, Fox oh, hates Fox. money. What did Fox do? I'm sure they did nothing wrong. Please, please elaborate, Scott. One more week has went by, and one more colossally stupid idea is rolled out for the Fantastic Four film. Um, now, instead of getting their um, powers in space, they're going to go into an alternate dimension and get their powers. So, And then they get to fight their uh, former World of Warcraft uh, guildmate <laughs> instead of a cutting-edge inventor. But I'm ripping off a forum commenter on the World of Warcraft comment, but that was a very, very good way of describing the new Doctor Doom. Is he's an angry uh, former guildmate who has lost his avatar. That's that's it makes me think of the fat guy in the World of Warcraft South Park episode wearing a doom mask. Now, I think in the ultimate line there was it was the end zone end zone or negative zone, was that it? I believe it was the negative zone, but I haven't looked at the ultimate line since they colossally screwed that pooch. Yeah, I I read the first 12 issues of it. I, I honestly I tried. I gave it like four issues. Like okay, I might as well just go ahead and stick with it because I know they're leading up to the epic battle between them and Doom. Right. And okay, I did the full year. That's all you're getting out. I mean, I never bought another Fantastic Four book again. Yeah, I just and I, I like, like them the for what they are, but yeah, Ultimate Spider-Man was amazing until they killed him. Yeah, I thought Ultimate X Men had a lot of good themes, a lot of good, a lot of good stuff. Yeah, Spider Man was really good though. Yeah, admittedly, I hated it the first time I read it, and it was the free comic book day version. Yeah, it took me a few. And I was like, this is crap. So I was, I had the extra twenty dollars at the time. I decided, you know what? I'll just go ahead and buy it and read it all at once. Maybe I'll like it then. And I sat down, I read it all at once. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah, the trade paperbacks, that yeah, makes yeah. a difference. Makes a huge difference. It helps keep you with the story. But uh, I don't know if this story... <laughs> it's getting worse and worse for, for Fox. Oh, my God. Yeah, they, whatever. I, who knows what they're going to come up with next. Um, probably like Aliens versus Predator versus Fantastic Four. Well, you know what should be good, though? Justice League Dark. Yeah, that uh, that sounds interesting. I'm a huge Swamp Thing fan. I even like the crappy 80s movies in the TV show. But the comic, it was a lot different. I mean, it was it was darker. It was I, it was just it's just good. It's just good stuff. You know, the old ones. And uh, I haven't checked out any of the new ones in years. But the fact that they're going to make a Justice League movie filmed by Del Toro. With Swamp Thing in it, that is just awesome. 
I can't wait to see what they do with that. Let me go ahead and read the quote from the uh, Verge.com. Uh, Del Toro has reportedly finished writing the script for a film interpretation of DC Comics Justice League Dark, the comic book series that combines the talents of heroes such as Swamp Thing, Hellbrazer's John Constantine, and Zatanna. According to Forbes, Del Toro's movie, tentatively titled Dark Universe, has gone to Warner Brothers, dear God, for evaluation, but it's still very early in the process. Should it make it through to production and should Del Toro sign on to direct, the movie might not see release until 2018 on account of the packed schedule of the Pacific Rim director. I think he's doing a sequel as well. Wasn't that greenlit for Pacific Rim? Uh, you know, I can't remember. I did I did Google that daily for a while because I really like the Pacific Rim, but uh, I think so, but I can't I can't swear to it. Um, having to wait till 2018 doesn't bother me because Del Toro typically makes pretty good movies most of the time, and I can't I can't I can just think I think of like Pan's Labyrinth and stuff that you know that really dark and awesome aesthetic, you know, and him applying that to maybe a Constantine and Swamp Thing and Zatanna kind of deal. That's that's gonna be awesome. Um, I would say DC Comics might want to reconsider just calling it Dark Universe instead of Justice League Dark Universe, yeah. uh, because it's probably going to critically it's probably going to blow uh, the Zack Snyder's Justice League, or it's going to go it's going to blow it out of the water. Del Toro is just I mean he's the man for the job for those characters. Mm. I can't wait to see him do Constantine's Zatanna and Swamp Thing. That's the, that's the most exciting comic book news I've probably heard all year. Or comic book related movie. Well, it, um, it seems like... Okay, this was posted one week ago. Uh, Del Toro says Pacific Rim 2 begins a few years after Pacific Rim in the kaiju-free world. Charlie Day and Byrne Gorman to return. Um... Doesn't say anything else about. I just did a fast Google search, and uh, the top thing in the news says Guillermo de Toro says Pacific Rim 2 will have fewer monsters, more science. I.e., it didn't make enough money, so we got to cut the budget back. But whatever. As long as I get one epic monster fight, I can deal with it. It will be better than whatever shitty Godzilla sequel they put out. Yeah, unless it's Pacific Rim versus Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. That needs to happen. And Del Toro has been after that a little bit. He is. He's. He said he would love to do that, and I believe Legendary Pictures um, did both films. So let's let's keep our fingers crossed. Yeah. What's the name of the company that owns Godzilla? Toho. Toho. Yeah. God, uh, I lost some credit there. <laughs> Couldn't remember the name. But uh, I don't know if they'd be down for that or not. Well, I mean. Del Toro probably wouldn't be, because he probably wouldn't want his robots to lose, but it just wouldn't make sense if Godzilla lost to those robots. I'm just he saying. probably wouldn't have a problem with them. I mean, he's the ultimate reason. badass. No, I was being snarky. Yeah. He, uh, he's pretty... Godzilla, I mean, I'm not going to get too much into the new movie. I mean, it was, it was okay, but it was... It would, it'll put you to sleep, waiting on something to happen. It's... it's well, fuck, it, you didn't even finish watching the movie. I watched it before you did, and I had your copy. Yeah, and it's just... Uh, yeah, well, I went and seen it. I went and watched it in the theater. I was there day one. Oh, that's right. I forgot. And yeah, I didn't finish the copy that I. It I was bought. very. It was a very disappointing wanted, phone call. I wanted to watch watch it on Vudu, so I I bought it and then 
I tried to set through it and I couldn't I couldn't finish it. Actually Owen I think tapped out a little early and he's six. Yeah. So if you got if a six year old walks out of your Godzilla movie, you got a problem. Just saying. Yeah, you you need more Godzilla. Yeah, I mean Or something. Hire hire somebody that's not I don't know, hire cheaper actors or something. I don't know. Save some money somewhere and put more Godzilla in it. Well, I mean, they killed their best actor in the movie, so. Yeah, I mean, he was he was just starting to really get interesting, and then he died. I was like, okay. So, yeah. Speaking well, of people getting interesting and dying, I know you're not a fan of The Walking Dead, oh. but spoiler alert, uh, Beth died Sunday night on The Walking Dead, and... Man, you should have said spoiler for Walking Dead before you said, oh yeah, this is the character that dies. Yeah, yeah, well, they know a character dies. That's very Well, common. but you didn't say Walking Dead before then, did you? I don't, it, I don't I know. I think you said Beth died on Walking Dead. <laughs> like I said, spoiler alert, Beth died on Walking Dead. Yeah. Anyways. You fucked that anyway, up. It's, it's Tuesday. Uh, in my old age here, 34 today, it's my birthday. I uh, think I'm losing it. But anyways, Beth... She's kind of been like a slave for this this psycho cop thing that's been going on in this hospital. And I, one thing that's kind of bothered me about it is no one's ever said I'm not a slave or shouldn't be a slave or whatever. Because what they basically do is the police find these people injured or maybe they're beating the crap out of them and bringing them in now saying, well, you owe us for saving your life. So there's like a, a serv- an indentured servitude. And... I don't know. Nobody really seemed to challenge that. It was just like, I'm going to escape, but I'm not going to ever try to bring up the moral question of what you're doing as far as enslaving people. It's never termed slaves. So I don't know. It just kind of kind of rubbed me wrong, even though I really enjoyed most of the episodes. And the the cop, Dawn, is... She's... Whoever plays her, I don't know what her name is. She's very psycho, and she does a good job of making her look like she's crazy. But, you know, they finally had that all come to a head last Sunday. And uh, Beth, you know... They they did an exchange of characters, and Beth had just started this in the last few episodes she's been featured and to really grow and become interesting. And I know one of the series hallmarks, comics and and TV show, is that people can die at any time. But they're still trying to tell a story, and I think sometimes they need they they get a little too far away from that and they're like, okay, let's just kill somebody, because they want it to be sudden and hard hitting and more like real life, because you don't always have this big epic end to your life or this big great moment of clarity or whatever before you go out. It's never as dramatic. It's typically not as dramatic as what it is in TV. But at the same time, you know, you're telling a good story, let it play a little bit, I think, and it hits harder. But she was just becoming interesting and, you know, she has a bunch of people with firearms behind her and they do an exchange of prisoners in order to get her back and then the cop asks for an extra prisoner who instead of having a firefight, willingly goes. So she pulls out a pair of medical scissors and stabs the cop point blank. So the cop blows her brains out, you know, and then the cop gets killed. So, I mean, I don't know if it was just... I don't know, it just didn't sit well with me because I think it, it could have been played out a lot better. I think that Beth could have... They could have had a shootout, maybe. I don't know. But I get why she did it, but it just... It just didn't seem like it was done effectively to me. I don't have a problem with her dying. I just think it was a crappy way they did it. So I know there was a lot of people pissed off, you know, and everybody's complaint is, well, Beth was just now getting interesting. Well, make her be interesting for a little while and then kill her off. Your show will be stronger for it rather than just like, oh, I'm just going to randomly kill somebody this week. 
And that's how it felt. It felt random. I mean, yeah, there was some build-up to it with her being enslaved for the last few episodes and, and her getting angry about Noah going back, but, I mean, I don't know. It just seemed cheap. But I know you're not really a fan of the show, but I just had to get that off my chest. Is she a character in a book, or is that just for the series itself? Uh, you know, I, I read the first hundred or so issues. I think she was a character in the book, and I'm pretty sure she died very early on. No, so then at least they're sticking with the original material in that way. Well, yeah. I mean, it's all... It's a, it's basically a different universe. I mean, there's there's characters that are still alive that died early, and there's characters that died early that are still alive in the comic. So, yeah. Keep you on the edge of your feet. Yeah. But, um... Hey, Scott. What's that? What's up? Is your old lady like uh, Loki? Yeah. Well, she should be happy. There's going to be more Loki in Age of Ultron. Okay. There's He's awesome, been... but there is such a thing as saturation. Mm-hmm. Well, the um, according to UK's Daily Mail, which I think is somewhat of a tabloid-type magazine... Um, there has been some additional shooting, two weeks of reshoots at England's Pinewood Studios. They specifically asked um, Hemsworth, Downey, Ruffalo, Renner, Bentney, Scarlett Johansson, and Tom Hiddleston to make themselves available for the reshoots. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that... Um, they're even adding anything really important into it. It's just probably we need a few more punches and kicks, and maybe was this shot Hiddleston wasn't because of originally well. cast in Avengers Two. Yeah, um, I don't remember seeing that. Hmm. Sometimes it just maybe the effects, or not the effects, but maybe there's something wrong with lighting, or something yeah. he didn't catch early on, or continuity, or something they're trying to fix. Yeah, there could be some continuity errors they picked up, but yeah. it, it's nothing bad for the show. This happens in every fucking movie. Yeah, there's always reshoots. At least as if it's a, it's a pretty good movie, there's reshoots. Yeah. Because they're paying attention to what's going on, and we made a boo-boo. But, um, yeah, I asked about that because I heard a while back there were some, um, some really hardcore low-key chicks who actually liked him better than Thor, which I don't get. And I've, he's, I've he's, asked. He's like I've a reptile. It. He's he's suave. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've asked a couple girls about, and they they pretty much like, you know, I think I do kind of like Loki Baron Thor. Like, yeah, hey, my wife's in the Hemsworth camp. Don't worry about that. Yeah. Well, Actually, she's, she's Captain in, America. Yeah. Well, she's in the um, Tom Willing camp too. Yeah, she's in the Tom Welling camp. I'm not sure I'm which straight, one. But I'm probably in the Tom Welling camp. Yeah, to be I was say it. I'm not sure who gets harder. I'm pretty gay for Tom Welling. He should have been Superman. He should have been Superman. Yeah, what? It couldn't hurt. So, probably would have thrown his entire film career off. Just, it's still just, awesome just, right now. Yeah, Tom Welling. I don't want to be typecast as Superman. I don't want people to remember me just as Superman. Well, guess what, buddy? Dear they friend. remember you as Superman. Plain and simple. If not Superman, they're going to call you Clark the rest of your life. Yeah. 
Well, let's just go ahead and finish off all the DC news that we have, which is just one more story. Um, I don't remember. I may have, but it was such a bad idea. <laughs> I threw it off my mind. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is attached to um, well, the uh, the new Sandman film that they're working on. But um, this is Cobra Commander. Just remember that. So now he's doing um, something with Sandman. He's either going to be directing it or starring in it. <laughs> directing, he might actually be a little bit better with that. I mean, he he worked a long time with John Lithgow, who was an incredible actor, so he may have picked something up from him. I mean, completely different series, but still talent, talent, wherever you get it from. I like Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I think he's better every time I see him. So. He's not Cobra Commander. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen him do anything I've liked. Have you seen Looper? Mm, he was in it, Bruce so I didn't watch it. Oh, well, that, no wonder. You should try Looper. He was really good in Looper. I do like Bruce Willis, though. Looper was, was really good. I think they used CGI and prosthetics to make him look more like Bruce Willis, too. But it was I thought he did an excellent job. I like the guy. And Don John, he was pretty funny in that. So... But I guess we should probably actually finish what I was saying. Um, according to Deadline, David Goyer was talking about the Sandman project, and Warner Brothers is very happy with the current script, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt has been actually having conversations with DC, but it's not exactly saying what they've been talking about. I don't believe Warner so. Brothers. I don't believe they've ever read a comic book movie script. I think they just stamp them. So, Whatever. I don't know what would make you think that, but Batman and Robin would be the first one. That was a good movie. Still, still was better than Batman and Robin. Oh yeah, I mean it was like, gosh, it was well, way Green better. Lantern was so bad they had to wait till twenty twenty to reboot it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, ugh. Yeah, no, they're, oh, look, an enemy cloud, just like Fantastic Four. I, you know, I laughed about not talking about Alien, but I don't think I can go a week without bitching about Fantastic Four. I'm not even a huge Fantastic Four fan, but whatever. I like Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Sandman. I mean, I read some of it back in the day. It wasn't anything... I was, I was really big into the classic-type superheroes at that age, and I remember thinking they were okay. I'd probably like them a lot more now if I tried them. I might have to go try that out. But, you know, they always had a cool art style. I like that. You know, the black and white stuff, and it was interesting. But I hope they make a good movie out of it. So Yeah, a lot of people like Sandman books, and they never got into them. But He's, it's got a huge, huge, like, cult yeah. following. It's very huge. Neil Gaiman's got his people, so. And I'm sure there's a million hipsters that like it because it's not mainstream superhero stuff. So. Yeah. But, um... You know who's a superhero to us when we were growing up? You might remember him. Lex Luger? Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> the other one. Jean-Claude. Yeah, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that Kickboxer remake. Didn't even didn't even know anything about that until just a little while ago. And I'm I'm a little excited. I mean I don't know about Batista being the bad guy. But I didn't I haven't seen Guardians of the Galaxy yet. Sue me. I have a family and a job, but uh, I'll rectify that today, hopefully. Um, I wasn't impressed with him in the Riddick movie too much. I mean, he was okay, 
maybe he's getting better. I don't know, but we'll see. Um, Tony Jaw was attached, but he's not now, and that sucks because that guy moves like a freaking. I don't know. He's just awesome to watch. But Jean Claude Van Damme is is going to be the master in this one. So, and it's a remake, not a sequel. So, you know, there's not a continuity issue there since Van Damme's character dies off between part one and two. Um, and Scott Adkins is possibly attached. So, I'm a little wore out with that action, that that type of action movie starring at Scott Adkins, but he's good at what he does. So, we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully the fight scenes are good, and hopefully Van Damme dances again. Because we got to have another Van Damme dance scene, like the first kickboxer. Yeah, the drunken dance scene. That was the greatest moment in cinema history, period. It was pretty good. And, you know, and Van Damme, I mean, his career, his last few years, I mean, he had like the, he went through the phase where he was like the up-and-comer, and then he got right to the edge of being like, I mean, he was a star, there's no doubt about it, but being like Schwarzenegger big. He was on the, he was on the cusp when Time Cop came out, and then the next movie that came out was flipping Street Fighter, and it just sunk his career. Uh, and then he made a bunch of shit direct to video movies, and I mean, there were some okay ones in there in that time frame after, post Street Fighter, but nothing really stellar until he had JCVD, which was um, his, it was awesome. his yeah. he it was a, it was a great movie, and Van Damme uh, was a great performer in that movie, an actor. He was a great actor in that one performance, and he even hit some top ten list for some different publications. I'm pretty sure Time Magazine had him as number two best performance of the year or something like that. But I'm thinking back years to when I read that article, so I may be wrong, but it was he was up there. He was on people's radar again. Uh, his acting ability really impressed in that movie. And he had that monologue that was you think he's telling you think he's being real, and then when you find out from the director and comments later, no, that was that was him he's dealt with that shit. You know, I mean, yeah, he's familiar with what he talked about in his monologue about the failures and things like that, but you think he's really breaking down on camera. I was convinced he broke down for real, and they're like, no, that was that was him just giving a performance, and that that's impressive because that was that was one of the most convincing performances I've ever seen. Was that monologue? Period. And to imagine that Jean Claude Van Damme's name is attached to that statement is just mystifying. But uh, I mean, yeah, the guy has flashes of brilliance, and then he has well, double team. He has bad <laughs> career choices. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean... Wait, 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 wait. I mean, double underwater impact. lasers and double team? Yeah, but... I like double impact. Double impact was good. I liked it. What the hell is uh, double team? Double team was one with Dennis Rodman. I didn't see that one. Well, you're not missing anything. And then Mickey Rourke's in it, and then there's a tiger and underwater lasers. Oops. Whenever you look for double team, make sure you have the right... <laughs> <laughs> You just did a search. Yes. Try try going to IMDb first before that, you do that. Yeah, that's yeah. Um, God's pretty hot, though. Give him that. Yeah. There was a Universal Soldier sequel. There was one that Van Damme was pretty decent in for a Universal Soldier movie, and it had a, a really good fight scene with him and the Dolph Lundgren clone because um, it was so real. They were, I mean, they weren't. It wasn't real flashy. I'm guessing because maybe they're older, 
But, I mean, it was brutal. It was a brutal, brutal fight scene. They were smashing each other through you know, walls of this dilapidated building. and I mean, it was it was good. And then you get the one with Scott Atkins, and, you know, for basically no apparent reason, the hero of all the Universal Soldier movies is now a child killer. So, I don't know. And it, and it wasn't really a well-acted film, and, and the action wasn't all that impressive. And it just... They've taken Universal. I mean, Universal Soldier is not like a classic franchise or anything. It was just one decent movie, but they've really gotten so far away from the initial project product that I don't know. It's just stupid. And then what was his last good one? I oh, uh, Expendables two. Yes, he's he was the, the best, best thing to come out of three Expendables movies. He by far he was he was excellent. So. I mean, everything about Expendables... And I don't like Expendables, don't get me wrong. For what they are, I, I enjoy them. I laugh, and, and I like the action and stuff. But it's basically two hours of Stallone slapping himself on the back. There wasn't any of that with Van Damme. Van Damme just came in and gave a very real, very good performance. And yeah, he was a little over the top, but that's the way the character was designed. So, it was a good movie. Yeah, much like Godzilla, the best guy in the movie has the least amount of time in it. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, it, it was. I thought he was excellent. So, so Van Damme, he has he has flashes of, of talent, but it's him being consistent with it. But hey, he seems like he's really turned his life around. But I, hey, that's his life. I don't really care about that. I'm just gonna talk about his product. And he's, I like watching his stuff more now than I did for about a ten year period by far. Yeah. Well. I mean, but I mean, he's he's always got his classics. Bloodsport was always awesome. It's still Blood awesome. Today. Kickboxer, Cyborg was good up to a point. Wasn't Cyborg, great. It, yeah, it, I, that would have been something that'd been great with some more budget and yeah. another script revision or two. But I like Cyborg. That was the actually the one that got me hooked on Van Damme as a kid, watching Cyborg on TBS before they really started hammering you with um, Bloodsport. Yeah. Uh, Hard Target was sweet. Hard Target was good. Lionheart was Lionheart. Decent. Yeah, and remember the cross promotion on the was it still in WA when that came out or was it WCW yet? Yeah, they 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 WCW. promoted the freaking crap out of Lionheart on that show. He's uh, gonna kill you. Yeah, kill your ass. Man, they get in the ring at some point. Uh, like he just probably standing and like threatening somebody or something. I don't remember. I have to check that out later. But yeah, I mean, he had, he, had, he had a good string of movies, and the Time Cop was pretty good. Death Warrant. Death Warrant was alright. Yeah. I liked it, but... Yeah. yeah. Universal Soldier was, was good. And then it was just... Yeah, Street Universal Fighter Soldier. came out, and it just... Wow. Yeah. I will say this, though. Street Fighter movie sucked, but I was totally against the casting of Raw Julia. Damn, he was fucking awesome in that movie. I, I, that's one of my favorite performances. It might be that I'm the world's biggest Street Fighter fan too, but well, he I, just I'm was a, yeah, I'm a Mortal awesome. Kombat guy, but he was, it was awesome. awesome. I thought he was fucking great. He never should have been cast, but damn, he played it off. He was a hell of a good actor. I, now, was, was he the M. Bison of the games or the M. Bison of the animes or the comics? No. No, no. Other no, than no. the Power Mad Dictator part. But he was a... He was charismatic. He was yeah. funny. He was witty. That's not Bison. Bison's just straight evil. 
But whatever. Raul Julia's bison is Raul Julia's bison. You can call yeah. him R bison instead of freaking M bison. I don't really care, but he was he was awesome. He, yeah, he was like the um, Chaplin's well, if you're from Japan or the rest yeah. of the world. Yeah, he was like Chaplin's great dictator, but who could fight? <laughs> yeah, who could ass. Yeah. yeah. Bison dollars and bisonopolis and he just ate up with himself. He was like he was like Kiss, man. Yeah. He's gonna, he's gonna market everything. Yeah. 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 But the um Somebody who wants to market, possibly, or at least being very smart, Nintendo. They yeah. um, they have another patent for um, possibly emulating their games on mobile devices, but um, doesn't necessarily mean it comes out. Companies do this all the time. Apple has a shitload of patents for products that they will never put out. They just do it to protect themselves in case... All the big companies do. Everybody yeah. does this. But um, here's the here's the thing about that. They have had a lot of it. They were in trouble for a couple of years. Uh, Nintendo had never lost money as a company for like a hundred years, and then they had three or four straight years of losses. And uh, the Wii had petered out in sales, and the Wii U hadn't really impressed. And the 3DS, while selling really well, was not anywhere near the level of the DS. So they were still riding high on that DS success and that Wii success, and it kind of hit them in the face when they had the 3DS and the Wii U out. But that caused a lot of problem with the investors, and there was an investor earlier this year had wanted Nintendo to start putting their games on mobile and then adding the uh, microtransactions. And the, the argument, you know, they don't want to water their product down is what the executives don't want to do. But the investors are wanting to just go out there and nickel and dime it to death, have it on mobile phones, and here's the quote from one of them. His name was Seth Fisher, and to quote him, it was, just think of paying 99 cents just to get Mario to jump a little higher. Uh, really? I mean, come on. It's Yeah, okay. I mean, going to mobile probably would be a good move for him as far as the bottom line goes. But at this point, they're not really in a lot of trouble. They've, they're have they back in the black. Apparently, they're making money on 3DS and the Wii U both. You know, they're not losing on every console sold. And they're profitable after just... they Before they got the Nintendo Wii U to be a little healthier in sales, they were already profitable with just one game sold. So now they're, they're, they're probably safe. And I don't see us happening anytime soon. But if they get back into red again... You may see it happen, especially if they've already got patents out for it, and it's something that's that's doable. But I think they would make millions and millions of dollars if their games were priced right. The problem with playing Mario for Game Boy, or even if they start bringing over like regular Nintendo games, is the the touch control. It covers up the screen to to do it, and it really ruins the experience, in my opinion, for those types of games. Most of them, for the popular ones. Well, Scott, that's why you need to get an iPhone 6 Plus. Oh, yeah. Then they could just give you the black boxes on the side. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's not the biggest problem. The biggest problem is when you have games that are such precise with the... Um, any... any <laughs> fuck. Just forget it. It's not going to happen. You, you have a game that needs precise controls. 
yeah. it's not going to work with on-screen. Mario is one of the de facto standards of precise control. Yeah, you can't do that on-screen. Practically screen. all of them, yeah. No. One day, will you? Yeah, maybe. One day, you might be able to. Yeah, that's me. I never, I never can quite get the precision I want on what games I've played that have a kind of Nintendo layout. The the best game I played was um, it was an endless runner, and it was the um, oh shit Rayman Rayman Jungle where the fuck it is. It's the only Rayman runner. There's but, a Sonic uh, one too. It's it's decent. Yeah, it, it's decent. But this one actually combines um, punching and kicking attacks, and it's actually really good. They kind of figured out how to do the combine the two. Now, it was, if it was really good. Nintendo were to make some original IPs or uh, make some original games starring their existing IPs direct, yeah. distinctly for the mobile devices. I mean, how bad would a Mario Tennis or Mario Baseball or something like that work on a mobile? That would okay. probably work pretty well because you wouldn't need that super precise control so you're not falling in holes and stuff. But you'd still have their favorite mascot in it. The uh, Wario games, that's nothing but like a bunch of little fucking... Games like um, iOS games. Yeah, I think oh, they, I think if they were very selective about what that. games they put out there, like the yeah the game and Wario games, um, they have one to come out for Wii U, and I don't think it sold very well. Um, they had some that come out on DS years well, ago, but nobody has nobody's bought Wii U. those. Well, yeah, exactly. They only have like seven million out there, but I don't know. I mean, there's some good games, but they just have to be very selective with their IPs. I wouldn't want to go throwing Mario Brothers three. Which you can get on the virtual console on a Wii, or you can get on a Wii U, or on the DS or 3DS. I wouldn't want to take something they're probably making some money for with and putting it out on that mobile market right now. They just they just need to protect their IP. And by introducing micro microtransactions, that would be the first mistake. So if that's the way the investors are wanting to go, and there's people in the company who want to go that way, it's probably better not to even consider putting them on mobile right now. That that would be the best. But I mean, another game. Um, we were talking about Kirby being my favorite game. The Kirby, um, was it Rainbow Bridge? Just look at that thing. Okay, you could fucking do that on any platform, any uh, mobile device. I mean, all you do is draw a line. He he rolls. Rainbow Curse, isn't it? Yeah, it's right, here it is. Rainbow, Rainbow Curse. Curse. Rainbow Bridge. Sorry, Thor. Still thinking about Thor. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's the first thing I thought of when he said it. I was like, he's going to, is he going to Asgard? What? That would be awesome. Hell yeah. Because he had a little hammer sometimes. You know, him and Thor can have like, yeah. a big hammer yeah. fight. I mean, if he can so. dress up like fucking Link, he can dress up like Thor. That'd be hey, awesome. if they've got a goat Thor, they can have a Kirby Thor. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we have one more piece of news for games. Before we get to Scott's retro game of the week, um, hey Scott, what happened to Xbox? Did something bad happen? Yeah, they released the Xbox One. Oh, oh yeah. wait, my bad. You mean Xbox Live was hacked and threatened? Yeah. yeah. Uh, again, you know, had dedicated denial of service attack on Xbox Live. You know, they are just. That I mean, they're on the upswing in sales, I guess. But man, that company has taken a freaking that brand has taken a beating in the last, <laughs> since E3 of 2013. Yeah. yeah. E3 2013. They have taken a beating. And here now they have a Xbox Live was out. So 
couldn't get into their systems on Monday night. <laughs> well, well, they were so happy touting that, hey, we uh, we outsold Sony. Yeah, you had to drop your price like eighty bucks to do it. So you couldn't yeah. beat them on the level of above four hundred dollars. You had to drop your price eighty bucks just to do it. Yeah, and you know, who knows how much they if it how much it helped them. I mean, people might just be getting over. The stuff from last year, I think that's some of it. I mean, not everybody rem remembers that. And, and really, the, ma the majority of consumers probably didn't know anything about any of that stuff. That's just the people that really actually pay attention to the gaming news and things like that, which probably not even remotely close to how many consumers there are out there that bought the products. I mean, they sold 80 million 360s, and I doubt all 80 million people that bought one was like, oh, man, I checked the news out, and Xbox One has all these stupid features. You know what I mean? It's probably going to be the minority that knows about those features. That and That's why I haven't bought one yet. I'm just waiting to see if they're going to try and go back to that stuff. So, yeah, But, well, I mean, someday I'll have one, I'm sure, but well, i got to wait. Lizard Squad is the group that's taking responsibility for bringing it down. And yeah. they said that, um, they, well, they made similar threats to bring, uh, bring it down again this Christmas. So... So what's I mean what's their goal? I don't know what their goal is. I don't see anything about it. It just they have a Twitter account and it says Xbox Live Offline. I don't see anything about why they are doing what they're doing. I mean, is it just to be assholes? I mean, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, if they want to, well, we like Wizard Squad. We're not going to call them assholes. Yeah. yeah. Why don't they go hack Chase? Oh, I think they should just go ahead and go after the big groups. I mean, it'd be like an Anonymous needs to do that too. Quit worrying about the little shit and go after the Bilderbergs and Rothschilds and the rest of the New World Order. Don't deal with yeah. I don't, I just don't. I mean, it just doesn't make sense to me. You know, I, I mean, I guess if it's trying to take a shot at Microsoft, it makes sense. But I mean. Well, remember when... Take out something important to them if you're going to... I mean, I'm not saying they should be doing this stuff. I'm just saying if you're going to do something, choose a good target. But maybe that's only the target. That's the only target they can hack. Maybe they can't get through these other things. These other... Uh, I mean, PlayStation Network had a really bad attack a few years ago. Oh, that cost, yeah. That did cost Sony some money. I mean, we got some free games, games and all that. kinds of stuff. Yeah, I got Infamous and Little Big Planet out of that one. But yeah, I did, I did too. Yeah. So I don't know. Oh, no, I got an infamous and um, uh, I got a PSP game, go kart racers. Mad, yeah. mad go kart. Where? What the fuck it was? Mod Mod Nation Racers. That was it. Which actually was a pretty good game on PSP, but my god, the low times were horrendous. That's why I couldn't finish it. But good game. It's a fun game, especially on PSP because didn't really have a lot. Other than God of War. Basically, they're bored, is what I'm reading from one of their statements. They, just they, have a lot of, we are just a bunch of guys with too much free time, is the quote. So, that's why they're attacking gaming. So, what they do? Well, they go after um, some really bad people like NSA or something. Yeah. Go hack some terrorist websites. Go find out why... Um, Shut them down. 
where all the, the service on those guys. All the money that Obama gave to all the bankers. Find out where it all went and let us know. Yeah, we'd like to know that. You know. So, well, Scott, do you have a retro game of the week? Yes, I do. I went to my uh, local supplier. Uh, went to the flea market a week or two ago, and I grabbed uh, Godzilla for the original Nintendo because I'm a big Godzilla fan. Big Godzilla nut. And uh, me and one of my friends, we used to play this one quite a bit when we were kids. Uh, we'd sit around and play Godzilla and Deja Vu and the hardest game I think I've ever played, which was Werewolf. Um, but yeah, we would sit and play it for hours. You know, I could spend the night at his house or something, and we'd just set up 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning, you know, 12, 13 years old, just trying to beat Godzilla. And uh, it, was, it was kind of a strange game, I mean, because it was basically like three games in one. You had this like grid, this like little game board, and you could move a certain number of spaces. You could play as either Godzilla or you could play as Mothra, and like you would make your move. And then once you had selected your move, then it would go to a side-scrolling stage where you got attacked by spaceships and tanks and missiles and fireballs and little phoenixes and things like that. And depending on how many spaces you moved, it was how many times you had to go through those little. You know, if you move three spaces, you had to go through three of those little se- sections on the side-scrolling part. And then you would go along and you would get to one of the monsters and you would fight the monster, but it was more like a fighting game. You know, you had all your same moves and stuff, but you lined up just one-on-one with the health bars and you'd beat the crap out of each other until somebody dropped. But you got to progress through each planet like that and you got to clear all the monsters on each board and then you would go, like in the later levels, you'd have to fight more and more monsters on each board until eventually I think the last one... Uh, you had to fight all the monsters on the same board. So I mean, it was it was really neat. Uh, it had like big sprites, and they were real. They were pretty well done. You know, a lot of inter- there were some destructible environments. Um, Godzilla had his like radiation breath, punches, kicks, tail swipe. He could jump. Mothra could shoot her dust, and it was actually it would just clear the screen out pretty good if you got high and got it to cast forward right, and shot like little fireballs or something out of her head. But she could fly, so I mean, it was it was a really cool game, and it was I mean, it was freaking Godzilla, you know, and yeah, that's one I would recommend giving a try because I mean, it just had three different elements, and they were pretty well executed. So I think a game could be beaten around an hour, hour and a half. So it doesn't take that long to get through it, but you're going to spend a lot of time practicing because it's it's not a very easy game. It's not it's not really difficult either, but the the monster fights is what'll what'll hold you up. And sometimes you can get just straight hammered while you're trying to get through the little side scrolling stages. But yeah, decent music um, and big cool graphics. Definitely definitely a recommendation for a retro game. Godzilla for regular Nintendo, not Godzilla two, Godzilla, because you don't get. I don't think you got to be Godzilla in Godzilla two. I think you had to play the army or something. Uh. But that's my retro game. Retro game of the week, Godzilla. Yes. Is it available online anywhere? Like, uh, I don't. I don't think so. I haven't. No, it's not on eShop. That's just not a print cartridge. Well, good luck trying to find it. Well, there are you know, Google is your friend. Nine, ten bucks, probably what somebody pay for if I had to guess. Mm. Um, if you you. I paid five at the flea market. So, Godzilla Two is rare. Uh, it's a, or at least it's uncommon, anyways. It'll run a lot more than that. 
So, last bit of news we have, and then we are getting the fuck out. Kind of like CM Punk did. He got the fuck out and had every reason to. Yeah. Um, if you're hurt, you're hurt. Yeah. Um, it was on Thanksgiving. No, it was Black Friday. Wherever the fuck it was. It was this week Punk did his um, did a podcast with Colt Cabana. And after you went past about nine or ten minutes of ads, you finally got to the actual good stuff. And Punk kind of let it all out. And I tend to agree with... I don't think he was lying because there were some parts of it that I completely disagree with Punk and some of it I agreed with. So I, I think he's being honest about what he felt and what he saw. And he has every right to, look, if you're not happy, and if it's your health is being affected by your job and your emotional states, you have to either take time off, which they would not allow him to do. The only time he could get time off was when he got hurt, and then when he got a prognosis of when he could come back, they made him come back earlier. You have to fucking leave. Period. And I can't yeah. sit there and say, well, he should have held out until the end of his contract. No, you know what? I fucking left jobs I hated too. I said, fuck here's, you. I here's, the, here's the big thing to think about. You look at – I mean one of his chief complaints is, is not is like Michael P.S. Hayes went and got him cleared to wrestle, called the doctor for him. Over the phone and got him cleared. Yeah, there are doctors there called and said that he was cleared to wrestle when he yeah, didn't even I mean, go talk to Dr. James Andrews. Or, fuck that guy. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's something that should be protected is your um, your medical – that's up to him. That's up to CM Punk. It shouldn't be up to anybody else. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, look at wrestlers. Look at the history of wrestlers. I mean, you look at guys – look at Lex Luger. What his ring injuries did to him. His steroids didn't help, but look what he looks like now. He, I mean, he, uh, I hate to knock on the guy because, I mean, he's had a bad run of luck here, but, I mean, he looks like the Crypt Keeper. I mean, he has, he has completely shrunk down to nothing. And years, and he had that spinal stroke, he had neck and back injuries. You know, they worked all those shows every year, people just dropping off. And health is not the primary concern of, the wrestling industry, period. It never yeah. has been. Oh, it's the machine. I mean, these guys are pumping themselves yeah. full of steroids, just like Ryback probably does. And which Allegedly. Is something else punk, yeah, which is something else Punk brought out. I'm going to tell you something. Go look up natural bodybuilders and then go look at Ryback and tell me if he's not roiding. You know, natural bodybuilders, even if they're biggest, look like, look like slightly beefy swimmers. They look very aesthetically pleasing and they're very good. Then you get guys that look like Ryback. He's huge. And... They, that's just the way it is, man. You don't get as big as Ryback is without pumping some steroids in your body. I mean, and the steroids and all the weightlifting. You look at, I mean, look how some of these guys have blown up over the years. Look at Eddie Guerrero, how beefy mm -hmm. he got. Ray yeah. Mysterio got beefy. You know, I mean, you don't do, you don't, you don't lift weights a certain way. And even if you're using proper programs, proper training, you know, you can only get so big in a certain amount of time. Uh, typically, in your first year of lifting, a uh, an average, if you use the right program and your diet's completely optimal, 
you're probably looking at a maximum of 25 pounds of muscle if you're an adult male. And if you're doing that and you everything's lined up perfectly, that's only the first year. And that's if you're a new lifter. You may put 25 pounds of muscle on. The second year, you're looking at 12 to 15 pounds maximum. And then after that, you're looking at five or seven or six the year after that. And then after that, you're talking one or two year, one or two pound gains at the most. And that's if you are extremely rigid and ex on your diet and your plan and your programming. And you're using effective programming. I've lifted weights pretty straightforward for three or four years now. And I'm and I've seen guys that's come in the gym and not change anything in their program. And then one day, you know, you start noticing that guy looks awful big all of a sudden. And then a few months later, they're looking re just ridiculously pumped, but they've never really changed their program, and it, it, it it's an incremental change. You know, guys that's been lifting for years, Eddie Guerrero and and Ray Mysterio, they lifted weights. They did some weightlifting. You can tell when they started weightlifting. You can also pretty much tell when they started roiding because they just mm -hmm. blew up. And that's what happens when you take steroids. You go from being strong and building some muscle to just like a balloon. And that's yeah, you still have to work, but you're still getting that huge gain of bulk from the steroids. And Ryback, I mean, maybe he is, maybe he isn't. I'm just saying the evidence doesn't look like it's very <laughs> the anecdotal evidence doesn't look very supportive. It, clearly anecdotal, nothing concrete, but my experience and some investigating around on and reading looking at the pictures and reading uh, articles from you know, peer-reviewed medical journals and stuff about steroids, because I considered it at one time, and it's nothing for me, but, I mean, it breaks the body down in the end. Uh, Eddie Guerrero, Guerrero had uh, the fatty deposits in his heart, didn't he? Isn't that what killed him? Uh, I think Eddie was just a mixture of things. I know his heart went out on so did Macho. Yeah, 38 years old for Guerrero. Um, yeah, Macho Man, uh, he, he blew up. Yeah, look, at, he, look at Macho Man in 1992 and then look at him in the Spider-Man movie. Yeah. And he's getting older. It makes it harder to build muscle at that age. That's, that was steroids. That's what look at, uh, Brian Alvarez was talking about that. And I think it was Brian Alvarez. And he, he was watching a... Um, it was Nitro. And Macho was moving so smooth and fluid. But he was getting older, but he was still Macho Man. Yeah, and then for some reason he's like, and Brian doesn't know why. This sometimes guys get to a certain age, and they think, well, the only way that they can keep up in the business is to get bigger, and just in the three-year span, Macho went from being Macho to what we saw at the end, just a huge drop. Oh, and it definitely contributed to his heart attack. Yeah. There's no doubt in my mind. Um, yeah. Just yeah, anybody that's listening, if you have any doubt that these guys use steroids, go study some natural bodybuilding for a little while and see how big those guys can get. They get they get they get very they look like the statues, the old Greek god statues. You know, very very fit, built nice, but they don't get huge and blown up like some of these guys are getting without the steroids. It just doesn't happen. Says I mean, you, go look, you go look at some of these champion natural bodybuilders, how big they are, and it's just it's not the same. You can't be that cut and that thick and 230, 250 pounds and have that much muscle without steroids, with that kind of body fat percentage. It's not happening. It says here he died of acute heart failure due to underlying uh, cardiovascular disease. So 
but I'm not sure what causes that. He died of ASVD. Yeah, and not I mean, sure I mean, those guys, you know, but that just goes back to to what we're talking about with CM Punk. I, I wouldn't want to be 35, 40 years old, 45 years old, be completely broken down, unable to move. I mean, yeah, these guys put their bodies on the line, but how smart was it? For a little fame and money, and then you spend the last 10 or 20 years of your life, you can't move? I mean, look at Lex yeah. Luger. As of August, that guy is pretty much wheelchair-bound. Well, I know. I saw about it. I he hated back where he could walk, but now he can't. I hated the movie The Wrestler. I thought it was complete total shit, but one part was... Very accurate was when uh, Randy, that was Mickey Works name, right? Randy the Ram, went to yeah. the, um, the little uh, convention center, and he saw all the old-timers sitting around, and all of them were fucked up from all of the bumps that they took over the years. Yeah. Now, the old-timers, a lot of them, they're still here, but the guys from like the 80s and the early 90s when it was nothing but hardcore drugs and steroids, a lot of them, way too many, are gone. It's just like, you know, I've been revisiting a lot of that stuff on um, WWE Network. And How much is that? How much, was you, that can't, you can't watch hardly a match without seeing people that are dead. Uh, I watched uh, a match the other in a space of five minutes. I saw Woman, Miss Elizabeth, Chris Benoit, you know, and Rick Flair. And, and only one of those, yeah, and only one of those is still alive. You know, and he's in bad shape, really. I mean, yeah, he's got back in, which he had the plane wreck yeah. and everything else, but surely getting all those bumps for all those years after that didn't help. You know, it's just it's just crazy. Um, and for the WWE, with all this evidence around them to sit and want to fight people over whether they go to the doctor or they're cleared or not, it's just ridiculous. Over 20... 5% of the performers from WrestleMania 7 are dead. I think there's one WrestleMania that's even more than that, isn't there? No, that's, that's the highest one. Is that one, the highest one? I thought there was one that was yeah. like 50. No, one-third of WrestleMania 6 is dead. And 25 from WrestleMania 7. That's just 6 is the one I was thinking of. Yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, you got guys like Andre. That's That man, that's, that, was, that was the way he was born. Yeah. He wasn't going to live to those 70 or 80 years yeah. old. And if they could have uh, felt that, um, if they could have done the treatment to him then. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, I, mean, you, I mean, you know, there's so many of them that died from the, basically the their mm -hmm. bodies breaking down. You yeah. know, and there's been the ones on the drugs and stuff, but a lot of those drugs started with the painkillers. Yeah. You know, a, a lot. And one thing that I work in with a lot of drug addicts and. The problem with a lot of them is, is I would wager a third of the ones I talk to, and we counsel and stuff, that it, it started with well I had surgery or I twisted my leg and blah 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 and I got started on painkillers and then it just progressed from there. That's a lot of the, a lot of people don't understand that you know, and you got an industry like this where people are just constantly taking bumps and getting hurt. That that's just I mean that's really just a big gateway. Is to go through that, hmm. and and the other two thirds is pretty much you know, I was just being stupid and peer pressure. But you know what it is, you know you're hurting a whole lot. And I've seen people that's in chronic pain, and I don't blame them for taking drugs. You know. Yeah. Well, it was I think it was Justin Credible was, was telling the story that he was taking 
No, he was hurt and he was taking pain pills, taking pain pills. I think it was Vicodin or something like that. And he had, uh, I think, the week or two off. So he was going to go on vacation with his wife. And she asked him, do you want me to bring the um, bring the pills? And he said, "And he, no, I'm not working, so I don't need them. And then as soon as they got to where they were at, then like 24 hours, he was sick and he was shivering. And they talked to the doctor, and the doctor subscribed him Vicodin. I think that's what it was. And he took it, and he felt better. And then that's when he realized, oh, shit, I'm a fucking addict. And it's all because of, look, you get hurt, you have to work. You don't work, you lose your spot. You lose your spot, you lose your money. You lose your money, you lose your family and everything else. And you don't get time off. You have to keep working. That's the way the system is. They don't get time off. But, Scott, we both know wrestling's fake, so it doesn't matter, right? And I am alone. Scott is gone. So, it's all about me now. He may come back. He may not. But, it's my show now. So, we're not going to talk about Godzilla, we're not going to talk about retro bullshit. We're going to talk about... Uh, let see, what can we talk about here? Ooh, I got the whole show to myself. Well, let's do this plug here. Um, if you would like to um, send questions or comments, I will not read them, but Scott might. So, email us at... Uh, scottandpawshow.com no do not do that that would be bad scottandpawshow at gmail.com we don't have a real you know set we're trying we're broke I mean we don't even have the good, <laughs> the good Squarespace site um I think you can follow Scott on Twitter at Razik um just go to scottandpawshow.com you're you'll find it um Wow, I'm not used to the silence. It's just me talking. This must be what Scott feels like. It's his birthday, so I'm gonna allow the the rain on his parade here a little bit. Um, well, we don't have any more news items. Where we did, but I deleted it. There's some good stuff coming out on Netflix. Hey, speaking of Netflix, been watching not the Shield, but uh, Agents of Shield, and. At first, I was very down on the show coming out because I thought, this is a bad idea. You're going to water down the product, so let's not do this. And you know what? It ended up being actually a pretty good show. I am about 11 episodes in right now and really enjoying it. Very good. Good character development. Um, starting to like some of the people. The uh, Ward's kind of, eh, he's iffy, kind of hard to like because he's playing that kind of douchey character. Always like Coulson. I kind of like Coulson better when he's dead. And then they brought him back and it made me feel like, well, they brought him back just for the fucking show, which in a way they did. And it also, it, it means now that whenever you watch a Marvel movie, when somebody dies, it means absolutely nothing, just like it does in the comic books. They're going to bring them back, and that is so fucking annoying. 
you want it to mean something. And uh, they kind of played on that in the movie where um, they had to come together for a common goal to avenge Coulson. And so his death wasn't meaningless. And it didn't mean something that brought about a, a, you know, a greater good. But, yeah, fuck. Not necessary. But, hey, in the end, it all worked out because the show's really good. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to catch up on season two or not. I may have to wait until, eh, probably next um, fall or whenever they decide to release the DVD right before season three. Um, Scott was going to complain about something, but it's kind of leaning towards political and not sure if that is what our audience wants to hear. All four or five of you. Um, Flying Solo is a little bit more difficult than I thought. I wonder if he's actually going to show up. Um, let us send a tweet or email. Hold on. Um, too many fucking windows open here. Okay. Check this out. <laughs> oh, he might be trying to call me. Hold on. Put the airplane mode off. See how I'm so important. Everybody just keeps calling. Okay, Scott, where the fuck are you? Do people want to know? Sent out. It could be his really shitty internet connection because fucking sudden link is horrible. And sudden link is not our sponsor, so I can talk whatever I want to. However, I'm on Com Comcast, so I will speak good of them. Hello, Comcast. But, okay, well, I guess I'll finish off the CM Punk situation. Um, ultimately, ultimately, I need to really work on that accent. Ultimately, CM Punk said what a lot of people were wanting to be said, but they didn't really have the balls to say it to Vince. Um, ah, Scott says the power is out. End it. Okay. Okay, Scott. Well, do we keep going or do we just end it? He said end it. I'm going to finish my CM Punk here. So, CM Punk said what needed to be said. Pissed off some people in the back. I think Vince was kind of upset somewhat. Apparently, Triple H wants to kill punk and um a lot of the boys are happy because as i was saying earlier you know it needs to be said uh fast forward to last night when uh, austin was on mcmahon's show and mcmahon said a couple of things and um 
he said that he did not listen to it and he (laughs) the McMahon interview was kind of interesting and he basically told the truth when he said there's been a lot of disagreements with people and it's kind of summarization no, there's always fallings out, fallings. I'm going to fallings. Um, business relationships are difficult, and eventually, no, I do want to work with him again, and he'll probably be back. Almost all of them come back. You know, Austin came back, Hogan came back, and um, interesting because it was going around that he was on the shit list and he'll never work there again. But eh. the McMahon interview was actually pretty good, but I would definitely like to hear McMahon's viewpoint completely off the record, completely off the record. And just talk to him, find out what's, Everything about the business, how he runs his business, why he does the things he does. Why would you take ECW and just turn it into a a pile of shit? I mean, ECW was what it was because it was the alternative. It was completely different. That's why it was special. And then you bought it and you had the opportunity to do the exact same thing you could have owned both ends of the spectrum it's like owning pepsi and coke why change one to make it a shittier version of what you have and then kill it so you only have one thing why not control both it's like kiss with condoms and coffins they got you coming and going it's the same thing with you could have had ecw and you could have had everything NXT is a lot like NXT really is more like a glorified NWA WCW Saturday night back on WTBS at 605 when they were at one CNN center before they went to center stage. So it's kind of like a combination of two really. It's it's more like the atmosphere is more like one CNN center, but it's a little bit more like a spruced up um, center stage. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you do not. And I think that Vince lost the opportunity to own both shares. And so when he's talking to Austin, and they're both are saying, well, we need, you know, the, the roster is kind of thin. We need superstars. You could have had superstars. You could have ECW, completely separate. Could have had everything. You could have had brand new stars. You could have had income, merchandising. You could have everything, but you fucking killed it on purpose. Why did you do that? I'd like to know why. Because it always seems like even when they bring in talent that's not theirs, they want to bury them and make them not look as good as their talent. Not sure why that is. 
and I'll never get that interview with with uh, Vince McMahon, which is not really an interview; it's just one on one conversation with the guy. I wouldn't even record it for the podcast. Why? Nobody listens to this fucking thing anyway. Um, I like to hear Hunter's side of the story too. Punk said that basically him and Hunter never liked each other. Well, Hunter never liked Punk for some reason. Um, it can't be because Punk was an indie guy because Hunter was basically an indie guy. So I'm not sure where the fight is between the two. But interesting nonetheless. Um, <laughs> okay, well... He's not coming back, and I would take this thing live and see if anybody wants to come on and talk to us, but I think that is a waste of time because nobody even listens to this fucking thing. Let's check out Reddit real quick here. See if um, there is... What the top story is. Um, front page. So what we got. The hot story here. Lazy cat trying to help. Alright. There ain't shit going on in the news today. Oh, yep. Here we go. Today I learned that Bruce Banner's name was changed to David Banner in The Incredible Hulk because Bruce was considered a stereotypical gay name. I remember Stanley talking about this. We'll cover this and then I will close this off. It was, it might still be online. It was when the Hulk movie came out, the Ang Lee film. And Kenneth Johnson. And Stan Lee were talking, and I think Stan asked the question to to Kenneth. Um, after Kenneth was like, "Well, we have to change his name to David," and Stanley was like, well, "Why?" And Bruce said, "Well, I mean, Kenneth said, well, because um, <laughs> Bruce is a gay name," and Stanley was like, "Huh?" And Stanley's like, well, comic books is my world, and television is yours, so you know better how to fix this than, than I do. You know what to do with it. And they compromised. So on a TV series, his name ended up being David Bruce Banner, so everybody's happy. And... That is it for the show. I thought we were doing pretty good. We're trying to get better. I'm trying to get better. Trying to find our way here. It's not that great right now. We're four podcasting. We're fucking trying. Um, we had some audio difficulties here today, which is eh. What makes it even better? It's Scott's birthday and the power's out. That's perfect. That tells you exactly what we're dealing with here in our lives and trying to get the show out to the masses. But for Scott, I'm Paul. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>